All right, so the first question is for Taryn. This person says, is trust really critical for teams? Look at any standards, any standards body. No one trusts anyone else, yet standards get created. This person says, in my research, I have found that context is what is critical, and especially local context is composed of your personal context, project context, company context, and country context. I feel like that was four questions in one. Um, so trust versus context, which is more important. Um, I think that context is vital for any of the collaborative modes that I talked about. Um, hopefully if you're going to a board meeting or a town hall and you're gonna have informative collaboration, you know why you're attending and why you're invited and what's going to be discussed. Same thing for evaluative. Um, that's why I said that one of the critical behaviors for evaluative is reiterating why you are there both what you're going to be accomplishing as a group, but also why you uniquely was invited, were invited. So for example, if Cass, Joe, and I were gonna be doing something right now, I'd say, Cass, I wanted you here because we're trying to figure out how to innovate across time zones, and I know that's an area of expertise. Joe, I know that you're really thinking about, okay, how do we really integrate the physical virtual, especially when we come to something like pair programming, which is we're moving from making furniture, in my example, to going more into a digital space. We really wanna leverage your expertise. So in that sense, regardless of whether you're doing informative, evaluative, or generative, in which case you're aligning people around the agenda for the day and the purpose, you always start by setting context. Um, so I'd say that that's kind of, again, one thing you're gonna do in each mode. But if you don't have the trust of the group, and context is one way that you establish that, it doesn't matter what comes after the context. Thank you. Joe, in the picture with the various laptops in a video conference, what video conference software do you use? How do you deal with microphones and speakers so everybody can hear everybody? That's an excellent question. Uh, so I found that the best combination is, uh, on both sides, uh, an iPad. Uh, with using FaceTime, and I tend to set up on the destination account. So for me, I'm at home on the account that is in, uh, on the laptop, uh, the, I'm sorry, the iPad that is in New York, I've actually signed into that with an account that's just for that iPad. Nobody else uses it for anything else. Uh, so I find that the video quality is very high with that. And what you, um, I buzzed through it really quickly, but sound both uh, from the speakers and the microphone is a major issue with those products. And I've never found an all-in-one solution that solves that problem. So what we have done is we actually put the iPad into a case. I don't work for this company, but I like them. They're called iHome. And there's, I believe, a discontinued product that I'm buying all of, so don't buy it. <laughs> That's a, it's a, called a speaker case, and it's a battery-powered case, and it plugs into the regular um, headphone port for the, the loudspeaker. And then there's also a, um, a, a product called an iCast, which is a microphone that plugs into that port. And actually, the speaker case plugs into the, the microphone, which has an extra port, and like, I could go on and on. But, but it, the, the, the general issue is like, yes, that's a, that's a major issue. The audio video part is a big issue, especially when you're going between, say, an intimate uh, pairing uh, situation where it's just you and one other person talking, and then that person picks up, and then, and then five other people walk up to the desk and want to have a conversation with everybody. So that's the hardware, and that's the hardware that I use. Great. Cassie, uh, what if no time works for everyone? 
Uh, with normal meeting, uh, meetings, working hours, stand-up meetings, lunch times, they may only have two hours in the day that could accommodate meetings. Um, I would, oh, that's really close. Um, I would start off saying that your, the meetings you're scheduling are broken. Um, if you're actually having a day where you're only giving your employee two hours in the middle of the day and you know that you have remote workers, you may first want to establish, do I actually need all these meetings? Uh, you might have too many meetings. Um, there are things you can do. We do at our company a morning scrum that is uh, 10 minutes. It is scheduled at that chunk of time. We said is good. It's at 9. Um, and so it's just 10 minutes. Everyone does a check-in and then you can schedule uh, follow-ups afterward that fit in kind of paired groupings if you need it. Um, if you really have some day that you need to check in and you cannot find a time that day for that meeting, um, you can look at just a remote back and forth. I do love the simple tool like Google Drive where you can put in all your notes, they can leave comments, you can see them working on it, um, and then doing an email. This is where I'm going to break Sarah's role, but because they're in a drastically different time zone than you, if they send you an email in the morning like, hey, here's the Google Doc of what I did today, here's all my notes, here's all my questions, can you address this? And ping me when you've addressed all these questions. So getting it all into one doc, one place that you can all do back and forth comments on it, um, you can also see the history and see if someone left a comment and then erased it. Google Drive is free. I think that's really great. So that's a way in those times that you can have meetings to just have set email times that you know everyone's checking in and you promise like I'm going to check your 7 a.m. email that you sent to me and I'm going to get back to you by 8 a.m. my time. Um, but again, I think there's a bigger problem if you actually have a, a company that every day you cannot find a time to have meetings with your remote people. All right, this next one is for Taryn. Uh, I'm an interaction designer and have tried generative collaboration remotely, but haven't had a lot of success. Can you talk about how your team made this work? Hey, thanks. Look at that. Um, so this is definitely the hardest mode of distributed collaboration without question, and I would be <laughs> going to be a behavior of revealing the backstory. Um, our backstory was long and bumpy. We had a really hard time figuring out how to do this. We uh, started by doing something just crazy, but um, we would have a PowerPoint that would be in a Google, do uh, Google Drive doc, and one person would kind of own that PowerPoint, and you'd make a little rectangle shape like a sticky note, and then you'd like try to capture whatever everybody else on the phone was saying. Um, and, you know, it's like baby steps. Um, we thought about what didn't work for that, which again is it can't really support that um, everybody is often trying to contribute at once or that building behavior again where somebody's really um, put something up visually and you're like, oh yeah, that sparked that great idea. I want to build on that. Um, so we moved away from the PowerPoint and we're like, oh, well maybe we'll just do like a Google Drive Word doc so everybody can just type as fast as humanly possible. Um, and great in terms of cap capturing that rapid collaboration, poor in terms of lots of words and not a lot of visual stimulation except for that odd time when someone would take like a JPEG or a PNG and drop it in the middle of the Google Doc. Um, and all of a sudden you're like, wait, where did my text go? And you're like, oh, okay, it's now below the picture. So that was another bump in the road. Um, Again, I don't want to sound like a product placement, but um, a big breakthrough came for us when we found Murali. And part of that, again, is because a lot of the behaviors that we naturally associate with generative collaboration um, and a lot of the tools, like 
sticky notes and being able to focus on, let's say, one cluster of sticky notes and then zooming in and out to another when we're physically located in a room, you can also do with Murali. So again, um, that was a big breakthrough for us and just being able to feel like what we would normally do in the room, we were now able to do online. Can I tap into that with one other tool we use? So for our generative meetings, we have a tool called BlueJeans, which is kind of hit or miss. I'm sorry if there's anyone from BlueJeans here. It's okay, you can talk to me about the things I don't like to. But a great part of it is we have a camera that will point at the whiteboard. And aside from blue jeans, it's also very low tech. We'll point it at the whiteboard, but we have the monitor of the person we're talking with facing us. So they can see what we're drawing and they'll literally draw on a piece of paper and put it up to the monitor. And it looks like it's like, here's the monitor, here's the whiteboard. It's all just this fluid thing and we'll comment on it and sketch it back up on our whiteboard so they can see us sketching it, we'll add to it. It's super low tech. I'm sure there are better ways to do it, but we found it to be kind of fun. Great. We have time for one more question. Uh, anyone can answer this one. At my company, there's a bit of cultural resistance to video. How can this be overcome? How can I find that balance between video meetings and audio screen sharing meetings? I don't want everyone to hate me. <laughs> Last question. I'll just answer a question uh, quickly. Uh, that, that's a tough one. And um, I do believe that you have to be respectful of that. I once worked with somebody who uh, refused to have his photo taken or video taken in anything to the point where he actually had a special badge made for his company that didn't show his, his photo. He like blacked it out or something. Um, and it's, it's a concern and I've, I've had discussions at places like this where I talk about remote pair programming and people say like, I absolutely refuse to ever be on video and they have a very big problem with it. You know, I think you have to be respectful of that especially if those people are important people. You know, everybody's, everybody's different. It may not be for everybody. Yeah, okay. That's all the time we have for now. Thanks, you guys.